Hey, it's John from the Fat Stacks Podcast again, and this episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic recently launched a pretty cool site speed accelerator app, which I've been trying, and the results have been very, very good. I have had some very impressive improvements in site speed insight score. So if you have a slow site, check out Ezoic, and you don't have to necessarily use their display ads in order to access the site speed. It's a standalone product. Now today I want to talk about the case for big competitive niches. All right. I'm going to come out the gates and say this. You don't have to be the number one site in your niche to have a successful website. All right. My biggest niche site, which does quite well, I don't even think that's in the top 10. It's in a huge niche, very competitive. There's a lot of players. And I'm happy floating more or less under the radar. I'm fairly established, but I'm certainly not top five, and I doubt I'm top 10. So let's use some examples in other areas of the world and in culture, society. Do you ever hear about the golfer Steve Stricker? I never had. I'm not really into golf, but I, I know the big players just because they're celebs. But I've never heard of Steve Stricker. And guess how much Steve Stricker has made in career winnings? This, this is remarkable. He's earned $43 million. And this is a professional golfer you've likely never heard of. And get this, he's never won a single major. He's had 13 top 10 placements in the majors, but he's never won one. He's never been ranked number one on the PGA Tour. All right, and I got that source from Golf Monthly. Got to give them uh, attribution when it's due. Now, that's not bad for somebody who's never been the best. Let's talk about the music industry. This is interesting. I, I, I learned this a couple of months ago when Bruce Springsteen turned 70. Can't believe he's 70. He's still rocking it. I got to see Bruce in concert a number of years ago, and it was awesome. Anyways, did you know that Bruce never had a number one hit song? I mean, we everybody knows several Bruce Springsteen songs. We assume he's had multiple number one hit songs, but no, he's never had a number one hit song. He sold over 120 million records, sells out arenas, has for decades, still does. One of the best known recording artists of all times, never had a number one hit. And so it just goes to show you don't need to be number one. And just to beat a dead horse, because I'm a big fan, let's talk about Led Zeppelin. They never had a number one hit either. That surprised me. I figure that little tidbit out from top tens with a Z.com. Got to give them their attribution. So go figure. But get this. They're the sixth best-selling band of all time. All right, that is a ton of sales. And yet they never had a number one hit song. So now I want to I want to shift gears and I want to put this into perspective. All right, have you ever heard of Ali Farag? He's currently the number one ranked men's squash player in the world. I'm using squash because I play squash. I play weekly. I love the game. So, but get this: guess how much he makes per year in tournament earnings? All right, in 2018, the top-earning squash player earned around $278,000, according to ImproveSquash.com. All right, so we can extrapolate there, and we could we could assume that from tournament winnings, Ali Farag makes maybe $275,000 to $300,000 a year. It's a great living doing something you like to do. 
But compare that to our friend Steve Stricker, who made $43 million, and he's he's never been number one. All right, so the point here is the market or niche you choose can make a huge difference in how much money you can make, right? The golf market is massive. I think it's been slowing down in the last few years, but I mean, think back to the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, golf was massive, and it's still a huge market, and that means there's piles of money into it, and that means anyone who even gets in the top 20 and never gets to number one is going to make a tremendous living. Contrast that with squash, all right? Not a lot of people worldwide play squash relative to a lot of other sports. It's not one, it doesn't sell out massive arenas. There's just not a huge demand for it. There's not a lot of money in it. I'm sure if you're number one, you make a pretty nice living doing it, which is cool if you know you love playing the game. But it's certainly not like golf, and it's certainly not like the music industry. I mean, music industry, you have one number one hit, you make a good amount of money. But if you have 20 hits that merely break the top 10, just like The Boss or Led Zeppelin, you've built an enormous business. So what does this mean for bloggers and niche site owners? means three things. All right, first off, big niches with lots of competition are worth pursuing in the long run. Second, you don't have to be the biggest, best, or highest ranked site to make plenty of money. And three, I think this is a good takeaway, volume, okay? I think you are better off having hundreds or thousands of articles sitting at spots in Google like number two, three, four, and five than one article at number one, even if that article pulls in a lot of traffic. Now, there are exceptions, of course, right? I mean, if you rank for some of the best keywords in the world and you're number one, I mean, that's very, very difficult to beat. You'd probably make enough money in a month or two to to never worry about again, but that's unlikely. The point is, is that if you're going to be a new site publisher, at least in my opinion, and this is my approach, I kind of take the Springsteen approach. I, I want volume. I want a lot of articles, a lot of good content out there. It may rank number three. I'm fine with that. In fact, think about this. If you're in a big niche and you had a thousand articles all ranked number three in Google, I suspect you'd have a lot of traffic coming to your site. All right. And when you look at the rankings of a lot of sites out there, if you go to any big site out there, they may rank for a good number of, of decent keywords at number one, but they're ranking for a ton more keywords, number two, three, four, five, down to down to position 10. And all those articles are pulling in traffic. So it's not really a zero-sum game. I mean, Google kind of is because, I mean, let's face it, number one spot is sweet. Everybody wants to get there. But that does not mean that hitting number three for half-decent keywords is a failure. You do it enough times, and you'll have a successful website. Now, I want to wrap this up with a very important note. These comments in today's episode does not suggest that small niches are worthless. All right, The point is, is that big competitive niches can be very, very good, and it's not worth 
avoiding them just because you think there's a lot of competition. All right, competition is good because there's a large audience and plenty of money in it usually. Okay, but small niches can be fantastic. I'm in a couple of small niches, and those sites have been very well. One in particular has been very very good to me. It's a minuscule niche. And it's done very, very well, and it was fairly easy to break into, and it can be a good way to get started. So I'm not in any way suggesting that small niches are bad. I'm simply setting out that big competitive niches should not be ruled out. Let me wrap it up with these little tidbits. Do you know, remember that song, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? I think it was back in the 90s. It was a fun song. All right, that was that did hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1992. I did a quick search, and uh, according to, uh, I believe it was Celebrity Net Worth, Sir Mix-a-Lot's net worth is reported to be 20 million bucks. Not bad. Made a great, great living. Let's put that in perspective with the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Never had a number one hit and is worth 500 million. Thanks for listening.